three, two, one. Well, hello. Welcome to the Dennis and Andy Show Wednesday edition. Oh, look, Dennis, I have a new hat I want to put on. Oh, I am wearing my DNA shirt because I'm a committed. I'm committed to this relationship, Dennis. Oh, I unlike feel bad you, for you, you should feel bad for you should because when one partner isn't committed, the partner that's not committed should feel bad to the partner that is committed. Nope. Until they make, we can get DNA shirts and tank tops. I'm pretty good. It was too hot today after the gym, so screw it. You can you get me in my Green Bay Packers. No, from that website. Nope. That's because I haven't made one. I just have to make one. Well, then get, you get on your ass. If you want me to have do. a tank top, you need to get on that. Look at that sport new hat. Look at that astonishing comics hat. Mm, mm, mm. Look at that. Get it up there. Look at that. Oh. Oh, astonishing comics hat. Don't need a hat in the studio, though. So I will say I'm not going to wear a hat on camera. No, no, I'm not. So it is the Wednesday edition. We will be talking about smudging my glasses. That's driving me crazy. I'm just losing my mind. My God, the whole day. Just start over. That's it. Cancel it. Cancel the show. Show's over. We're we're done. In other words, what Dennis is saying is he feels like I'm one of these. There is nothing wrong with a man letting out his emotions and having a good cry. That's all I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with a good cry, Dennis. Oh, that explains all the tissues that I saw when I came up today in the wastebasket. That's exactly what those tissues were there for, Dennis. A good cry. A good cry. It has nothing to do with websites. Just a cry. It has nothing to do with websites up in my private office where I'm by myself all day long. Notice that is why I knock on your door to make sure that you are here. (laughs) That's right. No indecent proposal. Um, Let's uh, share the screen. Pop Culture's in the house. Well, welcome, Pop. Glad you could join us. Afternoon to you. Uh, There we go. First and foremost, of course, got to talk about First Man. Six days left, gentlemen. Six days to become part of the coolest superhero book in CG. I said it. I'm laying down the gauntlet. Less than a week. It's not always about quantity. It's about quality. And this is the superhero book that you need. Uh, let's, uh, Let's burn through this trailer real fast. I added the one where I say, look at these four people because people love this trailer. Luke Henry, after kicking Monarch's ass to the depths of space, is back on Earth. And now he's looking to save the world from the Fourth World Foundation. Sure, he had help from Penumbra before, but she's not helping him this time. He's got to face it on his own. Look at these four people. He's coming for a villain known as Adonis. He'll do it. You'll be there. Back it now. First man to learning. There it is, guys. First Man 2 Learning Curve. We're at $26,480. I want to get this baby over $30,000 in the next six days. I know we can do it. Get it to 500 plus backers with your help sharing the campaign. 
I know we can do it. There's a link in the description below. Just copy, paste it, share the campaign. And uh, if you haven't backed it, back it now. You will not regret it. You will love it. So do that. All right. We've got a lot to cram into the show. We got new comics. We got our Shang-Chi. I was saying Shang my whole life, and now I hear it's actually pronounced Shang. Shang-Chi movie review. And then we're going to review the comic book uh, Superman 78 yeah. from uh, DC. So let's move on with new it books. It is Wednesday. It's Wednesday. So New Comics Wednesday was here. And thankfully, I have a great local comic shop. And Diamond screwed up. And UPS screwed up. And people didn't get their books. But my guy came through. So I got there. We had a great conversations about all the different movies that Andy and I have seen. And we got to pick up all the books. So I quick ran home and figured out which ones I was able to get. X-Force, this is the variant cover that I got. I just love this cover. Nice. And I didn't care about the regular cover, so I only got this one. So X-Men, I only got one cover this week. Excalibur, yep, good. Uh, this wasn't bad. I did get the uh, – I got both covers on this one. This is oh. the, the, the Doc Doom. So Doc Doom's making his appearance. We'll see if it's any good. Finally. Nice House on the Lake. So this is finally, this is getting towards the end of it. Um, this has been a, this is a black label. This is a good uh, a horror book. Um, this is fun. This has been a surprisingly good story. Um, I guess that's what happened when DC allows their black label guys to uh, just write a good story and not meddle with it too much. So I've oh. been pretty happy with this one. That's cool. The Me You Love in the Dark. Now, I already did the quick flip and first review of the first one on this one. Um, and this was kind of a really interesting, cool kind of story. Long and short, a girl winds up an artist, a fancy artist, who, who needs to get back on track because she's from the big city, winds up getting buying a house that's haunted. She didn't know it was haunted. She didn't really believe in haunted. Nobody really goes into buying a house going, you know, it's haunted. I think I want this one. Actually, there's another book where they do just that. And they go perfectly, oh, we know the history of this house. We know who was murdered in the house. And it's haunted. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, I consider myself the me I love in the dark. Actually. Oh, I thought you meant you were going to be haunted. No, I, I love myself in the dark. <laughs> because when I have the lights on, I cry. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, it's just so oh. sad. Because there's a mirror. So I see him. I say, it's just sad. It's just, yeah. I don't know what this book is because Dennis didn't want to upload one that actually had a title on the cover. Well, believe it or not, that is the uh, the variant cover for um, The Conjuring. Um, oh. That was the prequel to the movie we went and saw. Yep, yep. So there, there's one issue left of it. For whatever reason, this was the only cover anybody had up and running on it. So that is what it is. I know what it is. That has actually been uh, pretty decent um, as well. It was actually a pretty good prequel so far to the movie. I wish they would have just put this out, literally finished it before the movie came out. Pop wants to know, is the me you love in the dark a good read? <laughs> I would say yes. There's a fair amount of reading on it. Um, Go just type in hashtag full review with the title because I did a full review on that one and I did the quick flip. It's interesting. <coughs> I've decided to keep it on my pull list because I think it's got potential. Now, it could fall off the railings, but I did like how it started. So, yeah, so just, just go to the uh, main page for the Dennis and Andy show and it should show there, shouldn't it? Yeah, you can find it. I've got it in the playlist. If you can either you can either just type it in as hashtag full review and then the title issue number one, or you can just go. I've got them all in playlists, so all the shorts are in the playlist. I've got a playlist for full reviews and a playlist for all these live streams, so you can always go back out and check all of them out. There you go. Not all robots, you know. Mark Russell. This I also did a full review on the first one of this one. Also really cool. Um, this takes place in the future and it's, 
Nothing it, super original, but I almost think of it like the Cylons. The they are there. The the robots <laughs> were created to help us out. You've been a madman with the reviews. I can't keep up. Dennis is just video and stuff crazy. It has been awful because I'm getting so much and I've been reading. So I have to read them before I can figure out what I want to review and then do them. So I only got three quick quick flips out today. And obviously you'll see I got like 16 or 17 books. So I got to do a whole bunch of a whole bunch more. I have no idea what that book is. Yep, that's another one. So that's the uh, that's actually the variant uh, a cover. Um, oh, let me just pull it up. Some of us are ready when it comes to Showtime. Wow! <laughs> See, that was the Conjuring. Oh, that's again. They don't have the tear. That's the Unbelievable on Teams issue number two, and that's the only cover that they had available at that time to pull it up, and it wound up being. That was another good, pretty interesting first read that I also did a full review on. Um, a surprisingly interesting story. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I picked up number two. That one popped today. So, I'm what's gonna, the story about? Up. Brief, brief. So, Sum brief story on this one is um, there's a comic book artist like Andy. So, say Andy goes to a comic convention I and do he's that. doing all the comic convention, he's doing his signings, he does some head sketches. He meets people. He takes photographs with them, which is exactly, we've seen our reviews. That's what Andy does. But then all of a sudden, Andy decides to go home and people are following Andy and, and like staring at him. And then what happens after he gets drunk? All of a sudden, a ghost appears while he's in working on First Man. And the ghost is like, hey. And she's like, ah, what are you doing in here? I'm one of your teammates. What are you talking about? All the stories that you wrote, they're not stories. They've all happened to you before. That's our history that you're putting out in stories. And something bad happened. She has no recollection of what happened beforehand. Right? And this is why First Man is going to be late. Whoa. <laughs> That's some trippy shit right there. But he described my life to a T. It's an interesting concept. So, yeah, pretty fun. Oh, look, a Star Trek book. We know that's that. So far, nothing of mine. Nothing. Mirror, mirror War. Come on, Mirror, Mirror Universe. Any of you Trekkies out there, that has always been one of the best uh, shows, comics that they've ever done. I am very much looking forward to this particular run, and I hope they do it justice. And it's a zero issue. It is. I hate zero issues. They just don't make sense. Just make it up one and call it a day. The Search for Hugh. It's who? Who? The who? search for who? The search for who? Who's Aftershocks. Aftershocks is putting out some really good comic books. Um, this one, they only got a couple of issues of this one in. Um, yeah. So it basically, there's a guy whose name's Aaron. He lives for his family. And if not, he's going to wind up dying for their secrets. So I'm always going to give this one um, a shot. Um, it looks interesting. The art looks solid. I'm going to be doing a quick flip on this, so stay tuned. Ooh, looks there you looks go. interesting. The search for who's on first, what's on second, oh, I don't man. know. Third base. I like your picks. Dennis has good picks every week. I, I just wish I had the budget to, uh, to, to do all the picks. The last book you'll ever read, another one. First Colin Man, Brian. Volume 2, back it now. Oh. Good plug. You're talking about this. The last book you'll ever read. Not Andy. Colin Bunn has been on fire. Been putting out a lot of stuff. Go back and check out. I did the first issue of this one. It's an interesting read. Um, anyway, go back and check that one out. I picked up two. Um, and I'll probably do a, a Collective 3 review um, next month. Woo! Okay, finally a book that Dennis and I both bought. Because, uh, you know, I'm a superhero guy. Avengers. Tech on, Avengers. Tech on. Um, I like the art in this book. The story in the first one was pretty good. It was mostly set up. And then, you know, the issue ends where Tony Stark has to swoop in and save the day because all the Avengers basically lost their powers. Um, it was Kang, wasn't it? Is it Kang? Mm -hmm. Who's the villain? Kang, yeah. Kang's the villain. Uh, it's been a month, guys. I'm surprised I remembered that. So pat myself on the back there. 
Um, only one person's memory is worse than mine. And unfortunately, it's Joe Biden because he's our president and I prefer his memory to be better. Um, I really I thought the story was good. I really like the art because it looks just like Japanimation. Um, and I love that art style. So I was sold just looking at the art and, uh, you know, I like it. So I got issue two. I was same boat. I thought it was going to be stupid. I'm not completely sold on the story. I think it's interesting. Um, but Andy's like, dude, check out the art. And as soon as I open up the art, I'm like, damn, that is really nice art. So I bought it strictly for the art. And we'll see if I'm surprised on the story. It's a visual medium, baby. Yeah, that's the good. first thing you see to pick up a book. Last flight to hell. Out. Last flight out. Yep. Dark Horses is going to be a six-issue miniseries, and uh, it looks good. Um, number one? Yeah, number oh, one. Okay. This is number one of six, so I'm going to give this a shot, and, and uh, we'll see if this is uh, any good. I'm. It's very... That cover is very movie poster. You know, the way they did the logo and stuff, it's not the typical logo right at the top that they usually do. Uh, let's see. Do either of you guys ever speculate and pick up multiple copies? Some of those horror titles can't have a huge print run. I don't really speculate anymore. I've been burned in the past. Example, Wolverine miniseries from the 80s. Yes, it's a long time ago. Bear with me. I did pick up doubles of those. I don't know why. I just was like, this is really cool. So I got doubles. Um, and then where did I get burned? Because that shot up pretty quickly, even back then. Where did I get burned? When I bought four copies of each uh, issue of Nightcrawler miniseries. Yeah. Yeah, that was a burn. Hmm. So uh, I generally don't speculate anymore. Yeah, and I'm I'm not a big speculator. I Now, what I may do is, like in X-Men, if they have two, three, 13, 15 covers, I may pick up the bulk of the different covers because I'm one of those morons. And I just can't, I just can't stop doing it. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to go pick up, you know, speculate, oh, 10, you know, I'm going to pick up 10 of number one or number two, because the, the problem with today's speculation is this market is a very fickle market. And it's basically driven by, by your media. So it's driven by the movies, the TV shows. You never know what's going to come out. And a lot of times what happened like, for example, Angel Dust when um, she made her first appearance in Morlock. Oh, my God, going to be in Deadpool. Oh, it's going to be huge. Everybody ran out. Some people had bought because there was a first appearance in it. Five, six, seven copies back in the day. It was shot up to 25 bucks, and then the movie came out, and it's right back down to finding him in the dollar bin. So now I'm, I'm not going to speculate. Um, I will pick up books because I want to read them. And I will pick up multiple versions, but I'm not going to buy 10 just number ones anymore. Just don't do that. There you go. I wouldn't recommend it either. Just buy what you like. And if you don't like it, and then the next thing you know, it went up in value, whatever. The problem with that is if you if you get 10 of everything, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to be worthless. So out of the nine, 90% of them are going to be worthless. Then you might get lucky and hit on one, but are right. you going to be able to recoup the cost of those? Probably not. Uh, the Wolverine miniseries has exploded. Oh, I know. Yes. And I got my, uh, I only have one set still. I got rid of the doubles a long time ago. So I have my one set and I got my number one recently graded. And I think it's a 9-0. So, oh, I know. I know. All the X titles have uh, have been exploding. Um, so I've, I've been happy about that. Dead not, box. Like I'm ever gonna sell them. Dead box. This wasn't even on my list. Um, I walked in and I was like, oh, vault. And then I was looking and I'm like, oh, Mark Russell again. And I'm like, he's been putting out some pretty good stuff. So I didn't I didn't realize he was doing anything for vault, but it's an independent. I flipped it open and looked. I'm going to do a quick flip on it. You know what? Yep, this made the list. I This made the cut. So I picked this one up unexpectedly. There you go. Uh, next up, uh, what's that say? That is uh, Helm Gray, Gray Castle. The same thing you complain about every time. It's the video game do. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like the, the art. The art has been spectacular. Yeah, I like the artist. Yeah. And I'm a sword and board kind of guy as well. 
And so th this story has been solid. Um, I don't play the game, so don't really care about that aspect of it, but it's been a good story. Yeah, that was a nice cover on Dead Box. That 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 definitely was. I agree with that. Yeah, the other one had like the phone booth on the front cover, like one of the Brit Box. Um, that was all right. Devil's Dominion. I'm still getting this one. Ugh. I'm still behind on it. I know Andy's not fond of. See, all the if you loved it, you wouldn't be behind on it. I just don't like the coloring that much. I don't mind the art that much. Actually, I I met the guy that draws this a few years ago in New York at New York Comic Con. It was 2018, maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm just. I don't mind it. I. I it was hard. I, I don't like the coloring unless the coloring's changed. It didn't really do anything for me when I read it. That's why Dennis is very more into trying the different genres than I am. I admit I'm a superhero guy through and through. I do read different type of things. It's not all superhero stuff. Um, but, you know, I've got enough other stuff going on that it's uh, – I'm very picky. He is. I'm picky. What's that say? Redshift? Redshift. So this is Scout Comics. So I have become, they finally um, got a hold of me and I'm going to become a reviewer for Scout Comics. Um, they're not going to send me physical copies. They are going to send me PDFs, but I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do reviews of their new books and stuff before they're actually released. That would give you guys a little bit of hopefully leadway if anything really piques our interest where you could go to your local comic book shop and, and have them order some in. Uh, who published the book Before Devil's Dominion? That Black Box. Before Devil's Dominion? What was Before Devil's Dominion? Oh. I thought that was the Image one. Let's see. Go back. Yeah, that's Image. Oh, yeah. Image and Top Cow. It's a, it's a joint uh, yeah. effort on the two of them. Look how many books Dennis buys. I know. Resistance I'm behind on. It's J. Michael Straczynski, and it's always good stuff. Um, I will probably, because there's you can see how many books I get, and with my daughter leaving for Korea, my, my time has just been all taken up. I'm going to probably hit this one up probably next month when the final one comes out. I'll probably just review them all and then let you guys know if it's worthy of getting a trade. There you go. And uh, now we're going to talk Shang-Chi. Yep. We all went and saw it. The legends. Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes, we went and saw this one uh, Friday. My daughter was really excited, so we went. Uh, we saw it um, right out of the gate. It, we'll leave spoilers to a minimum. Uh, we'll leave our CGC grade for the end like we always do. But I will say, out of the gate... Better than I thought it was going to be, and liked it better than Black Widow. And that's what most people I hear are saying. I, I So far, and Andy and I have not discussed this, I agree with everything he said so far. Okay. So you can you can lead, and then I'll go. So it's it starts off innocent. So, you know, my family's into um, yeah. uh, Vault, Vault, Scott, AWA. Yes. Aftershock. Um, a lot of these small presses, small point press, um, they're, uh, Blackbacks, yeah, they're all putting out really decent stuff, sometimes with people you know, sometimes with people you don't. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I do love what these uh, indie, indies are, are doing, so um, good for them. <clears throat> this starts off much more like, like a K-drama would. Um, it doesn't start off what you would normally picture – a Marvel movie. It didn't start off feeling like a Marvel movie. You don't know any of the characters going into it. There's our main character, um, uh, Sean, and he's got Katie, which is his... We can't tell if they're girlfriends or just really good friends at this point. There's and, a little chemistry between uh, Shang-Chi and Katie, who's played Aquafina. I say in the movie, the way the, way the movie starts out, I would just say they're basically best friends. Best but then by the end of the movie, there could be that little spark because of the stuff they went through. Because she follows him all the way back to uh, China and stuff. So, you know, she ends up going through a lot as well. And I think that pulls them closer together. So we'll see in the second one if they develop that relationship more. They, they hint at it. And then, like, even, like, one of the little, the granny... 
She's like, oh, when are you two getting married? And they're like, married. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no. And honestly, their chemistry, if, if there is supposed to be a spark, they had no chemistry between them that would even remotely think that there could be, there was a spark. So they're more like good friends, and that's the way they felt throughout the entire right. movie. And I hope they keep it that way because if they try and take it to the next level, then they fail. But we don't really know because it's not it's not dealt upon in the movie very much at all. Yeah, no, I, I see that. And you're right. I mean, it, if, if you just look at the way they interacted and stuff, it really did look like two good buddies. Yeah. And, and, and that could be either two guys or two girls. That's kind of the relationship they had. So they're valets. Yeah, they're valets. Uh, for those not in the know, I had to tell Dennis what a valet was. They park cars. So Andy knows because that's they, what he used to do. They park cars for the elite that roll up and go, here's my car and park it. And then, you know, she, of course, and kind of this role reversal, she's the more risky one. Uh, the one that lives on the edge, so they take a car out, a real hot rod car out. For so think of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. So she does that, which is fine. You and know, she's the one driving, and he's scared. He's like crapping his pants. Well, she like, is driving pretty, pretty erratic. He drives. She's driving like most of the women do. Shitty. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I and, mean, and yet I they have, have the better insurance. Rates. I've got that. I've got the handle thing to hold on to when Helen drives in our SUV. Well, I call mine Susie handles. Yeah, I call mine Helen handles. See, so we all have the same thing. Exactly. Um, so that's how it starts off, and then of course, the thing I like about Marvel movies is they do get right into it, and I think they do a good job of getting right into the action. Like Dennis said, now I don't watch a lot of K dramas. That's a, uh, I guess, stands for Korean dramas. Yeah, so I don't watch a lot of those, so I can't really say, oh, yeah, this thing started out like a K-drama. I'll take Dennis's word for it. No, it starts off with The Legend of the Ten Rings. So that obviously goes back, you know, thousands of years. So, so you know, in typical Marvel fashion, instead of spending a good chunk of the movie on it, they can wrap all that up in, like, maybe 10 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes, which is all it needed. It didn't need a lot more because it wasn't about building character. It was just an information dump on the Ten Rings. That's what it was. And then how Shang-Chi's dad uh, met Shang-Chi's mom. Because that was also, that's basically how that sequence ended. And then it does cut to, you know, San Francisco, uh, valet. That's when they get on the, uh, the bus. The bus, basically. And, and then we get our speed the, moment. Right. And then as we've seen in the trailer, uh, he's fighting on the bus. And then uh, Aquafina's character is just blown away because I guess for the 10 years that she's known him, he's never done anything like that. If if anything at all, he's more the guy that gets picked on is what you gather. He, he He's he's smart. He right. went to school. She went to school. Neither one of them is doing anything with their lives. And they're just on the bus chatting, like like if Andy or and I were just, hey man, we're on our way to work, blah 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 blah. Yeah, we're. And then somebody today. picks on Dennis, and I got to step up and kick some ass with yep. my kung fu fighting skills that I have. Yep, yep. So again, fantasy land, just like this is. So right. I mean, that's 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 it's all good. I could get punched out of bus window. Great and fight scene. To the side of it, no problem. Yep, it leads us into a great fight scene. Yeah. Um, and and it's all about you know, stealing a necklace. And so that, that all leads into it. And that's, and that's fine. So the fight sequences were really good on the bus. Yeah. Um, uh, let's just say, and then we find out, you know, his dad's been 10, uh, thousand years old. You know, he's gone through all of these wars, the dynasty, he's basically conquered everything and they kind of go through a history of it and they lead up and, and they do a, a nice job. And then, you find out that he meets his mom and his mom's. We thought it was going to be Kun Lun, and and it winds up not. It's a it's a Talo. Wait, you thought it was going to be Kun Lun? Yeah, because that would make total sense from um, Iron Fist with Iron Fist with the. Yeah, with, with, I guess I never really thought it, about it's, it. It's uh, connecting it, the two, right? And and that would have been my assumption, just like Fing Fing Foom. And anyway, there were all of these things, and they went in a different direction. So it's a different place with the. Similar story and similar a lot of things. Don't know why they did that. Has to be a reason. 
Um, but it was. It Did was, you think there was good character development of Shang Chi throughout the movie? It was fine. I thought it was average. Um, they they didn't develop him. So this movie, in my mind, should be about him and his personal growth. Mm-hmm. And it wound up being equally split between him and his sister. Right. His sister. And there is where I had my problem. First problem with this was, for example, Daddy taught uh, Shang-Chi how to wait. Shang-Chi. I hear you. Good Scott. It's not Shang. You would piss off the Asians mispronouncing their names. Yep. It is Shang-Chi. It's been Shang-Chi ever since I read him back Son in the of a bit. Just because you mispronounced it wrong then. And it will mean... always mispronounce it. Oh, my God. Yep. You are so full of hyperbole. <laughs> exactly. You know, if I could put you out of the screen, I would right now. But you can't. I can't. So, you know... The problem is, so he his dad taught him because he's not allowed to teach his sister because girls weren't allowed to be taught Kung Fu. They taught him his ways. Mom, who was actually a really cool character, wound up also teaching him her ways, which is a different type of magical Kung Fu. And the sister, because she wasn't taught, she sat there outside and watched them and actually became a better martial artist even though she was never trained than he was. And basically they were saying she's better in every aspect than, than what he is. And I'm like, it's her development, her growth, and the story should be solely focused in on, on him. So I had a bit of a problem with this because there was too much emphasis on the sister. And even in the cool scenes, which you saw in the clips outside the glass coming down where they're falling on, on the scaffolding and stuff like that. His sister's the one that saves the day, has to save Aquafina. It's not him. He should have been the hero to step up and save it or been a schmo. And then throughout this, you develops everything and becomes this great master and blooms at the end to do it. None of those two things happened. Yeah, I mean, he kind of did towards then. He didn't, you didn't see him doing the Kung Fu. He rode most the dragon most of the time. But Even in the final scene, there were things that it was okay. Um, you know, when Shang-Chi got the rings, the power became yellow, orange. His dad had him. It was blue. You know, the effects in the movie, of course. I mean, hands down, Marvel does the great effects. You know that's going to happen. The yes. fight scenes, phenomenal. Uh, so visually, the movie was just stunning. Um, yeah, it was a little light on character development for Shang-Chi. And the other thing is, these are rings. Things that I would put on my fingers. Is that where rings go? They they do, except in this movie where all the rings go on their arms, which I would call bracelets. So I would call them Legend of the Ten Bracelets. bracelets. Then I'm just saying, that was, and when we were sitting there, and I'm like, (laughs) Those are not rings. Those are bracelets. So I'm sitting next to Andy going, those are bracelets. Small little things. It's true. It's true. Um, I never really thought about it. I'll be honest. I think the reason they did it visually this way is because it's just more powerful looking than if it's like, and these 10 rings come flying off the fingers and stuff compared to catching them on his wrists and blasting out power and stuff. I didn't really think about it. Um, see, I gave you something to think. Well, no, but on a serious note, I think it's good that you brought it up because I would like to, it'd be neat to see a poll to see how many people did think about that and how many just kind of, like, I just kind of glossed over it. It just didn't really, you know. Yeah. Uh, Ben Ben Kingsley is back in it playing Trevor uh, Slattery, the actor. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. He, of course, is a scene st- scene stealer. Um, he's fantastic in the movie, of course. Um, the actress Michelle Yeoh that plays the mom is just fantastic aunt. as well. The aunt, sorry, she plays the aunt because, well, she plays the aunt. No spoilers. Yep. Um, she's fantastic as All well. All I'm going to say about the Ben Kingsley thing is it was really cool because... 
it wasn't a phenomenal scene, but what they're trying to do is fix the Iron Man problem when they introduced the Mandarin as an actor and kind of screwed it. They're at least trying to say, yeah, we really screwed the pooch on that one. We need to fix it. So we're going to bring him back and gives you some explanations as to why. And he always does do well in any scene that he's in. And he, he does a good job of trying to patch the hole from Iron Man. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think I I thought it was a nice nice call back to Iron Man since, you know, everybody thought that was the Ten Rings for sure. Then we find out it wasn't. It was a nice callback. Um, touching on Aquafina, I I wasn't super excited to see her because I it's well, it's not that I'm not an Aquafina fan. I just haven't seen her in enough stuff where I've been really impressed. I like her as a stand-up comic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I, like I was that. happy if if she was allowed to be herself in this, and she was to a very small degree. I wish they would have let her just run, and maybe they did, and this is what we got. It was okay. Now, I have a feeling they reined her in a little bit, character-wise, because there were some moments where she was a little jokey where you're like, well, eh, that doesn't really fit. You know, you probably wouldn't be jokey at this scene. You know, in the end of the movie, she had... Um, in the end of the movie, uh, I, she she had some training with a bow and arrow, and I just thought they rushed it a little bit with some of the stuff she did at the end. With I her, thought it was crap. Yeah, with with her. Well, I'm trying not to give spoilers away, but I know I'm just telling with, you. With with her her very quick lesson in a bow and arrow. Uh, I wish I could learn to shoot a bow and arrow that quick, that fast. So I'm telling you, her, that na her name's Katie, which everybody can see from IMDb. And the issue that I have is I've, I've just got this stinking feeling with what they've done in here that they're, she may become our Katie Bishop for, for the MCU. What do you mean? Become like a master of Kung Fu as well? Well, what are you talking about Katie B Bishop. She's not Katie Bishop. She's Katie. And she's oh, now a marksman. You she might, oh, uh, I, think I don't that, know. It could be a reach, I, but all of a sudden yeah, she's able to do some I, amazing I think that, stuff I think that with would two be, days. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I think that would be a reach. I totally forgot about it. This is what happens when we don't discuss things. It's true. I, 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 I got a feeling she could be the next Hawkeye. These are just scenes of when uh, mom and dad met. She was amazing on yeah, um, um, the mother. Great. That was when the when the mother met. She talks him off the ledge, basically becoming a crime lord. The scenes with these two were fantastic. So if you're a fan of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and the intimacy and and in the visuals the scope that of they the fighting do, and stuff, that's how it's this fantastic. Yeah. I mean, this was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. The one thing this movie did right was its visuals were spot on and it was grand. Yeah. Much like the Great Wall, you know, Matt Damon, the one where it was in Didn't China. Beautifully, the color contrast. Again, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This had some of that same feel. So the visuals on this were spot on. So I really uh. enjoyed that. She's one of my favorite girls. I love Michelle Yeoh and everything that she does. This was no... She didn't have a huge role, but when she was on the screen, she always has the presence yeah, to take. She, uh, most of the actors had a great presence on screen, but she definitely did. I thought the father did, too. Yeah. Um, the father was really good casting. Yeah, I thought he was I good. Thought. He played a good villain and a good dad. Here she's teaching a little Shang-Chi uh, her way when it comes to fighting and stuff, because, you know, he picked up things from both mom and dad. And since mom technically beat dad in a fight when they first met, that's good because he was able to come back to some of the teachings of his mom when he fought dad and uh, in the end. So that was, that was really well done. I thought, um, yeah. So I guess we can do the old uh, CGC score. CGC score now. Um, uh, I'll go first this time. We don't have to write it no, down. No, we're not going to write I'll trust you. Uh, I go 7.5. 7.5 on it. 
you know, was it one of Marvel's best movies? No. I mean, I th- honestly, God, I hate to say this. I'll, I'll say it just to see if you agree. Do you think the Marvel Marvel's best days are now behind them? Like, do you think they've reached that peak when it came to Infinity War and Endgame and yes. now everything from here on out is just going to take – like, it was Endgame. Every movie just got – like, you start with Iron Man. I'm not going to do this for all 22. But you start with Iron Man, and it starts real high. And then Iron Man 2, yeah, kind of leveled. Yep. Iron Man 3, little dip down. First Avenger, up. Winter Soldier, up. Civil War, up. Yep. In between there is Thor. Thor is up. Thor 2's down. Thor 3's back up. You know, so so they were so if you flatten it out or look at a long view of it from Iron Man to Endgame, it was just up. But now Endgame is the peak of the hill or the mountain, and now we're like Black Widow down. Shang-Chi actually back up a little bit because I think this was I, I'd like this better than Black Widow. See the I, I would look at it a bit differently. Um I'll be curious. Um will oh, there be yes, there was yes. after credit, two after credits, which we're gonna get into really quickly yeah. because I was gonna give this movie a 6.0. I mean hey. I was giving it a 6.5. Ooh, and then and then the after credit scene came on. And the after credit scene, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll tell you the two people that were in there. Dr. Bruce Banner, which Mark Ruffalo looked looked like Grandpa in there, so he looked yeah, he old. Looked, but it could have been the effect they were doing. It was a hologram. It could be. We'll it just say be. it was a hologram. But he did look old. But his arm was in a sling, but the, the one that right. you know, held the gauntlet, so that was cool. Yes. The other person that they brought in out of all the people in the world, because they didn't address the blip hardly at all, which bothered me. They did address all of it, this, but they S- did so small. It was small, but but, but it didn't no, need no, to it, be a big thing. No, it I needs to be enough. It. But you got to address it in terms of the great big crime syndicate, the whole history, so they get through all of well, this. Well, history, what if leading what up if, to it, and they didn't the address blip, it? What if the blip for them, because it affected everybody differently? What if the blip for Shang Chi and and Aquafina's character Katie? What if it just didn't affect them? Like no, nobody really that then close. Then save that so that we know. Well, but how. that's the point that I got. That's what I get. I got from it because the way they addressed it was so kind of nonchalant. The point I got from it was they weren't that affected by it. Weren't that so? The two of them survived. All of their family survived. Then you've got the crime syndicate with hundreds of yeah, employers. But Sean, she doesn't give a shit if. They yeah. survive, and this well, movie is about matter. Shang-Chi. It wasn't really addressed. They briefly mentioned it at the beginning. Well, anyway, my point is I dropped the movie an entire half point. Really? Yeah. Really? That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's what I got from you right now. Oh, they didn't address the Okay, I'm Andy. I don't care about story. I only care about the art, and it looks great. I do care about story. But advancing story in the MCU. Oh, Spider-Man addressed it really great in the last in the last. All right, go move on. So here's the whole point. At the end credit scene, it was Doctor Bruce Banner and then Captain Marvel. Yeah. She is the great scientist. But she had long hair. Talking about it. Oh, she had long hair, which makes it all better. No, and I'm joking. They got Brie Larson on there going, oh, well, what about this? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 that is not your role in this. Why are you in here? You know what? Half point deduction just because you chose Brie Larson as your Marvel spokesperson. Anybody else that's Bruce survived. Banner, Doctor Strange. Thor. Any oh, I would have thrown in Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Absolutely Strange would have been a great Strange. fit. Thor, I don't know if would have been a great fit. Oh, by the way, I just read. I just read. I think it's, is it this year or next Christmas? It might be next Christmas. There's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy special on Disney Plus with live action. Oh. And, like, that, that's, going like, to, and like, that's going like to Star Wars. Holidays? And that's going to lead in to the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh. Interesting. Well, it's coming out around Christmas time. It's not necessarily Christmas related. It just comes out then. Huh. 
But. Interesting. So anyway, I dropped it an extra half point just because Brie Larson's in so, it. So it's a six. Uh, how would you rate Aquafina acting overall? She has a slow, a show on Comedy Central. A show? Yeah. Does she have a stand-up special? You mean on Comedy Central or an actual show? I think she's got a show now. I haven't seen a whole I, lot on Comedy Central. I usually just see her stand-up, um, like the shows that 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 she does. I thought she was fine. Yeah. I actually thought she looked really cute in this movie. She so she Dennis fine. Dennis thought she was a pig. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. You did the whole nose push-up, oink oink. I assume that's what you meant. Oh no, I was talking about the way you were eating your your raisinets. Oh, damn it. Damn it, raisinets. Raisinets. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. You can tell. Seriously. Yeah. No. Raisinets. Um, Seriously. I liked her in the movie. I thought she did a good job. I don't think she was too over the top. She's she's comedy relief, but I don't think she was so over the top in the serious moments where you were like, really? You're cracking jokes now? She, She played it well. And this goes in with the writing. But she played it well from the standpoint of, when she did crack jokes in the tenser moments, you could tell it's because she was insecure, I think. Yeah, so I, so I like that. She she threw a lot of comic. She was very much comic relief. So, so. Raising that so-so. Boy, ride that fence, pop culture. You can take my side. Dennis won't care. He'll just know that no, we're both right. No, I wouldn't care because nobody. We did a, 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 a poll. Nobody we know likes Raising Nets except for Andy. Just saying. I'd much rather be think we talked to Two people, so not 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 a deep poll. Eight. Either. It was eight. It was eight. Well, yeah, because we we've seen lots of movies this weekend, oh. not just with you. But anyway, oh, Aquafina, she laid out all of these comics, and I'm going to say 65 percent of of her jokes landed. She was good in, in parts. There were other times she kind of fell flat, but overall, she added to the movie, so she was she was fine. I thought. Twizzlers, I like Twizzlers. I'm more of a peanut M M's guy. I like peanut M M's. I like Mike and Ike. I like Reese's Pieces. I like uh, you know what you said, raisinets. I like because I can't at least tell myself half the half of it's good for you because it's raisins, and the other half isn't. Um, all right, moving on. We're going to talk about dun da 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 dun da 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 na dun da 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 na. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we should have probably put that up there. So, well, I don't want to get a copy. Right I don't want to get a copy. Oh, that's right. We would get a copy strike because they're really being buttheads against. So, it. Superman 78 came out about two, three weeks ago. So, issue two is due any minute now, I guess. Um, I uh, We're going to review it. Uh, I'll talk more art. Dennis will talk more story. First, out of the gate. Inside front cover, very nice tribute to Richard Donner. I thought it was great. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that before he died, because I know the production schedule of comics, he probably saw the book, at least in a digital form, as a PDF before he passed away. Uh, I hope he did. I think he would have been pretty happy with it. So uh, so that was very nice of him he to had do. A, he, his quote, I think this was great. And I, I mean, this is this immediately endeared me. Well, that is a good quote, but not his quote. Oh. Richard Donner said, The main aim of our interpretation is to uphold and enhance a great American myth. The key to the whole concept of the film is uh, verisimilitude. We've treated it as truth. And honestly, if you look at the original release of this, and then we went back and got the, you saw the Richard Donner cut, that fantastic. I mean, I I still oh, get I goosebumps. It. I still I mean, get goosebumps. I love the Donner cut of Superman yes. too. That's the DVD I have of it. Yeah, I actually got rid of the other ones. I have the Donner cut. This is great. So this was a fantastic tribute, right? And the opening uh, main page of the of the book. So we get we get some nice stuff from Krypton, what we're retelling for people that might not know. Uh, the artwork is uh, is really, really nicely done. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the artist's name now? Now I feel bad because uh, go back to the cover. Oh, Wilfredo Torres. He's great. Um, very simple style, kind of Alex Tothy in a way, uh, reminiscent of Alex Toth, in a way. Um, 
it's hard to draw in a pared down style. It's a lot easier to fill junk up with line work. He has a simple, simple style, very pared down. I thought that was really nice. And you, you felt even on that first page, you know, because this is Superman 78. We know and love it from the movies. So they're trying to capture the essence of the characters right. from that movie. And you felt, you know, um, Jarrell, Jarrell, that was Marlon Brando. You, oh, yeah. you, you could feel it. it. I, I thought he just did a nice job. Yeah, his, his likenesses aren't photo real, which is nice. And they're not caricatures, which are the cartoony. He's just using, he's very uh, economy of line with what he puts down on paper. And, it, you know, he nailed the likenesses. Even the body posture of Kent running up here to catch Lois is really nice. Uh, the body attitude here of uh, Clark. I don't know if they got Margot Kidder's uh, estate to sign off on a likeness or not, because I'm not through all the lowest shots in this book. I didn't get a real strong Margot Kidder sense. Right. You? No, no. And I, and I, and I think that was probably done. I agree with you on, uh, on purpose. Um, well, if they didn't get the likeness, then they couldn't do it. Right. That's why they probably didn't, because everybody else in here, I thought they did. Yeah. Christopher Reeve is uh, done really well. Um, you know, just the tip of the glasses here and stuff, how he would use his powers back in the 1978 movie. Uh, very reminiscent. Let me just blow up on this last panel of uh, Lois just to see the face. Uh, I mean, that's a look. It's the definitely the hairstyle that Lois had, but uh, yeah, not a real strong Margot Kidder. But that is Christopher Reeve to a T. Yes. Uh, story wise, oh, I mean, look at this. Before we get to the story stuff, I mean, look at Perry White. Perry White. That I mean, once again, Christopher Reeve uh, got the building down for the Daily Planet, which is really nice. It looks like they even got the rights for Jimmy Olsen. If not, that's really good. Uh, but yeah, for Perry White, that is the that is him right there, and that is definitely Christopher Reeve. Yeah, and it, their dialogue in this. So, like, just take that panel. You know, uh, Superman. I don't know, uh, Mister White. Lois really has a nose for news, and some of the risks she takes, it's awfully dangerous. Haven't you been listening? That's called being a reporter. Now get out there and get your angle. So when I'm reading the dialogue, you can hear Christopher Reeves saying his... I mean, they nailed the dialogue on this in, in this entire issue. It brings you all the way back. They nailed the dialogue. They nailed the characterizations of it. The, uh, the flow of the story... And they introduce, you know, obviously this is called Brainiac for a reason. So oh, they spoilers. No spoilers. You saw, you showed the cover. It is literally on the I cover. I know. That, that, that's my one complaint is uh, for the cover, I would like to have seen more of an iconic. I, I like the layout and design of the cover, but instead of a big Brainiac back there, uh, go back to the cover just so I can see it on your screen real quick. Yeah, you know, there's on the cover. I like I like the Lex Luthor, which he nailed a good Gene Hackman as well. Yeah. Um, I just would like to see more of an iconic. I mean, that is an iconic shot of Superman with him flying straight up, but the camera's so far back. It's nicely designed cover, but I'd like it. This is comic books. And I'm about dynamics. I think a more dynamic shot, a bigger shot of just ignore that phone. A uh, bigger shot of uh, somebody just wants to see how my car insurance is. You know that's what it is. One more ring. It's over. Liberty, I've got it set Liberty, for three, Liberty. and then boom, that's it. Um, uh, I would like to have seen a bigger, cooler shot of Superman on the cover, maybe flying at us with his fist out in front like he used to, you know, they had Christopher Reeve flying the movie. I just think it would have been more dramatic. I think people were going to pick up this book regardless, and you didn't have to put Brainiac on the cover. AJ hey, Tom is in the house. Uh, relax. He's here. That's his intro every time. 
Well, that's awesome. Better late than never, AJ. Um, yeah, I don't think Brainiac needed to be on the cover. I think Superman seventy eight sold itself. Um, and and that's it. Oh, Pop, Pop, are you calling back? Because Pop says uh, that was me calling. So are you trying again? I'm not going to answer you, Pop. Hotline. And if you I was what? close enough to the phone, I'd get it just to hang up. We're going to get you one of the bat red hotlines right into Andy's studio. That's right. So yeah, I don't think Brainiac needed to be on the cover. I think the book was going to sell. I don't. I think the book would have sold the exact same numbers if they kept it a secret that Brainiac was the villain and not give it away. Uh, I do like this big shot of Brainiac. I would love to have seen a big shot of Superman somewhere in this book. Uh, let me just move on here. See, so we get the shot on the previous page before this where he's running at the camera and he's going to pull his shirt open and then it cuts to something else. And then we cut to this and you get the nice big chest shot. This is right out of the movie. It's great. Uh, which I thought was fantastic. Nice big Superman here. I mean, that is, that's, Look, he took a still from the movie, and I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with it. Because if I was going to be drawing Superman '78, I would, uh, I would have probably done the same stuff. Uh, this, yeah, I would like to see maybe a little more dramatics there. Um, you know, I, I can tell you one thing. When I first got into comics, I drew a guy. Uh, aiming a gun at somebody the guy was in the background the person he was aiming the gun at was in the foreground and i remember the editor telling me i had to redraw the arms on the guy aiming the gun because the gun was slightly off and if you followed the traje trajectory it wasn't actually pointing at the guy and i thought it was a minor quibble nobody else would notice but you know he's that editor, first job in comics okay well the same thing can be said for this i'm not you know, I, I look at stuff like that now, and now, for instance, on this, where the hell's my mouse? There it is. Uh, I look at stuff on this, and uh, his head isn't really turned to where he's going to be nailing him, but that's a small thing. But you know what? I can't just heap praise upon praise upon praise. I've got to find something. Well, uh, oh, let me blow this up. Hold on. I was going to say, I disagree with you a little bit on the, on the cover. I like this last. I love that. That's so Chris Reeves. All right, you Thanks. go ahead and tell me why you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh, on my mountain bike, can't chat, but I'll be listening. All right, AJ Tom, don't fall. Hope you're wearing a helmet. That's right. All right, go ahead. Fall. Tell me why you're wrong. No, I, I, I actually like the fact that Brainiac was on the cover. Because if you titled this Superman 78 and you just put it up there, Unless you physically pick it up, if you're looking at that preview, I would be like, oh, are they just redoing the movie? If you're just putting up the Iconics on there, I'm like, yeah. At least when I saw Brainiac, I'm like, oh, Brainiac yeah, wasn't but, in any of the movies. But just to say, covers have blurbs. You literally could have done a blurb that said, all new story, all new adventure. You could. You could. But I know what you're saying. People but like to I, see the visual. I get and it. I love Brainiac. So when I saw him on the cover, I'm like, oh, maybe this takes between Superman the movie and Superman 2. Yeah. You know what? I'm good with that. I want to see how they're going to do the 1978 version of Brainiac. Oh, and nice I liked it. it. Well, that's what he looked like in the 70s exactly. from the comics. Yeah, I liked no. it. I agree. I agree. The, I just love this last panel. Just the body gesture and stuff. So that's great. That's great. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, this is another great page, spotlighting Superman, uh, fighting Brainiac. Brainiac just lifts him up and plows him down to the ground. Very nice. Uh, I'm Superman. I love this shot of Superman down. I love this whole page. Um, like I said, it's a very – Wilfredo Torres, there's only one other artist I would have been like, why isn't he doing it? And it's Gary Frank. Because when Gary Frank drew his run on Superman with Jeff Johns, you could tell he modeled him after Christopher Reeves. Now, Gary Frank has a lot more line work and rendering in his art. And while I don't mind that, seeing, the, seeing Wilfredo's style on this book uh, with the very minimalistic line work and that Alex Toe feel, once again, I... I 
it's very hard. It's harder to pull back and be simple than it is to noodle up with a bunch of line work. Not saying what Gary does is that, but just in general, it's harder to figure out what to leave out. And I just thought this stuff was great. Um, you know, he's drawing Superman the size Christopher Reeve is. He's not overly built and stuff. Just, just great stuff. Nice fight. I like I this, this head off. Yep. I just love this. Nice to meet you. Yeah. No need to have backgrounds. From nope. a storytelling point of view, backgrounds, the more stuff in a panel, the slower the reader will read through the page because more lines slow your eye down. So if you drew backgrounds in this panel, it just would have slowed the reading down. Here you're like, punch, uppercut, punch, and then punch just real nice whips you right through the page i thought that was great and then of course we get the real real key shot of uh brainiac in the end i assume he's on a ship above earth and we see the brainiac from the 70s always love this he's version not of brainiac. Earth, though. he's, he's not, not he's yeah. he's somewhere out in the universe because this was a probe that he sent right yeah yeah, yeah. and the dialogue in this, so this is where, you know, Andy will, will can talk about the art all day. The dialogue was so good in this and so simplistic and yet incredibly effective. Uh, effective. You know, it's like Earth, confirmed presence of class ultra invasive species, because they talked about it earlier. He believes in preserving entire cultures. And as far as Brainiac knew, the Kryptons, Kryptonians have been wiped out of the universe, mm -hmm. but they identified as Kryptonian. After 32.4 galactic time increments, one is revealed to have escaped. So uh, obviously this is a long galactic time period. Earth's unevolved interspecies balance is in critical danger. Well, this rogue Kryptonian then must be collected by Brainiac. And it's just a great ending to it because he's not there going there yeah, out, he's of, not, he, out of malevolence. Right. He's going there because he thinks he needs to save Earth from basically having a species interfere with its development. Right. It's just a very cool basic concept so from the late 70s. Right. So, I mean, you look at it and Brainiac is trying to be altruistic with his, you know, with what he's trying yeah. to do. You know, he, you know, the villain, you can kind of say in a story, the villain doesn't know they're the bad guy because of their intentions. But let's be real. A lot of villains you can look at and go, well, you kind of want to kill people. That's bad. You know, but Brainiac does have honest intentions here. At least that's what he thinks. You know, that's what he's going off of. So it'll be neat to see how this story evolves. It is six issues. I'm on board for it. Uh, let's, uh, let's CGC grade this bad boy then. Unless you have more to talk about the nope. story. Oh, I thought you were going to go. Nope. No, no, I am oh, no. You can go first. Oh, I absolutely loved this book. I, I had high hopes for it, so I, I was afraid of being a little disappointed. But I was not at all. This had so much of the feeling, not only the looks of it, the dialogue of it, the story. This would have been a great follow-up. So get rid of Superman 3 and 4 from the movies. This would have been a great movie so far. I'm giving this a 9.6. I am absolutely picking up this entire run, and I haven't picked up Superman in a while. Wow, 9.6. That's hefty, hefty, hefty going at it. Uh, I'm just going to a 9.2. I enjoyed the hell out of it. 9.6, it takes a lot uh, because I've got that very critical eye. Sometimes too critical, but 9.2, still a hell of a score. I'm looking forward to issue three, which might be next, or issue two, which might be next week. It's either next week or the week after. Because um, I know this has been out for a couple, three weeks. I want to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it comes out next week. Hopefully I'm right. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, I love the art. I was very jazzed for this when I heard about it because they've done all the Batman stuff. You know, when they did Batman 66, my first thought was, Give me a Superman 78. And then they announced Batman 89. And I was like, oh, I love Batman 89. But my favorite is Superman. What the hell? And then they did announce the Superman 78. And when I saw who they were pairing for the art, I was like, all right, you guys are doing it now. 
So very happy that is uh, that is what they're doing and uh, looking forward to it. Yep, I agree. So there you go. Uh, that's it for today's show. Um, we'll come back on Friday. And on Friday, uh, we'll talk about Protégé, the movie with uh, another babe Dennis really likes. Maggie uh, Q. Oh, I was going to say Michael Keaton. He's a bay, not a babe. Uh, Michael Keaton's in it, Maggie Q and Samuel Jackson. She is a female badass, a la John Wick. And uh, we're going to review that on Friday, as well as uh, the past two episodes of What If, because we're a week behind on What If. So we'll talk about last week's What If featuring Doctor Strange. And this week, Dennis already watched it. I'm going to watch it tonight. Deals with the zombie part of Marvel Universe. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And I just looked it up. Superman number two, Superman 78 issue number two comes out in three weeks. Three. Three weeks. Comes that book out, didn't come out a week it ago. It comes out so September 29th. No, oh, that is not monthly. There's no way. Because nope. that, that didn't come out nope. last week. Nope. So they must they must have a slightly different uh, time schedule. But anyway, yeah, that comes whatever. out in three weeks. Um I'll be in Atlanta tomorrow. So I'm gonna try and get most of the quick flips Ooh. put up today. So you guys can see the quick flips hopefully tonight, maybe late tonight. And then hopefully by this weekend, I'll be able to start getting some of these read and getting the hashtag full reviews out. So if you haven't, make sure you subscribe um, to the Dennis and Andy channel here so you get the updates on all the comic reviews. That's right. And guys, remember First Man 2 Learning Curve ends next Tuesday night. So please, if you haven't backed it yet, go back Less it. Less than a week. 64 pages of great superhero action and adventure. Nice little father-son story in there as well. Luke with his pops. But there is the villain, the fourth world foundation and their being that they created known as Adonis. So there's a slobber knocker of a slugfest in there as well. And Luke's got to learn to be a hero while juggling being a freshman in college. And there might even be a college girl in there that he meets. 